Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by New England Patriots team reporter and producer, Tamara Brown. Tamara talks about thriving under pressure, why she sometimes feels like an octopus, and the many ways to get to a destination. She also shares why it's important to focus on the traits that make you unique, the way she begins every morning and how it grounds her, what it's like to cover the goat of coaching Bill Belichick, and so much more. This episode is incredibly inspiring, so let's get to it. Tamara, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job. I so enjoy your content and everything that you do, so I've been very excited to have you on today. I am so happy to be on your podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in. You just do, you do such good work. And even as I was getting prepped for this this morning, I was looking at everything you did. Uh, You guys were recording this on a Monday, so I got to see everything you were doing on game day yesterday. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be so much fun. So let's jump right in. And if you can start by taking us through your professional journey to this point. So my journey to this point, I would say, has been pretty unique. Um, I graduated from Virginia Tech in 2015, and like most people in this business, I didn't find a job right away, and I went back home for about a year and a half and worked at TJ Maxx from 6 a.m. to 12, and then at night, I would go and cover high school sports for free just to get some reps in, um, writing and tweeting and um, doing interviews. And so I thought, what better way to get, like, reps in than to go home and cover like high school sports that I used to watch, you know, when I was a student in high school. So I did that for maybe a little over a year. And then I finally got my first job, which was actually a postgraduate internship at the University of Notre Dame in Fighting Irish Media. So for Fighting Irish Media, I was a sideline reporter and a producer for social media. And I did that for two years and had a great opportunity to go to the final four, the frozen four, um, you know, bowl games with the football team. It was truly an amazing experience to be able to be a part of such a well-known brand in that University of Notre Dame. So did that for two years. Then I took another internship, which, you know, most people don't do that. um, But I took another internship this time with the New York football giants in production, Mm -hmm. because at Notre Dame, I got a lot of on-camera experience, a lot of social experience, but I really wanted to enhance my production skills um, because a lot of people kind of want a one-woman band or one-man band that are able to do multiple things. So took another internship and went there, focused on my editing, shooting, um, setting up cameras, tripods, all of that. Then after that, kind of got back on track and I went to the Mountain West Conference in Colorado um, and I was a host for their network 
in Colorado Springs. And so covered the entire conference, went to all the conference championships and did a lot of work remotely in the studio, which was great. And I was there for about eight months before I took another leap, moved across the country again to the University of Miami and worked in brand partnerships. So that was my first time kind of working on the sales side of things, creating content for all of our clients and partners in South Florida. Um, so it was a little bit different, you know, hosting trivia, a lot of sponsored reads, a lot of sponsored videos. It was like kind of, you know, bringing commercials to life. Um, mm-hmm. But from a college landscape, it was pretty cool. And then I got a phone call randomly um, asking would I be interested in this job in New England because the reporter was leaving and um, I applied and interviewed. And this is my first time having to do a um tryout so to speak Mm -hmm. where I had to come in and do a pretend interview and um a series of other things because you know usually I'm just used to doing a regular phone call application interview process but this one was like in person and I had to do an interview and edit things and produce things basically just going through like a typical day um Mm -hmm. as a team reporter and thankfully I passed and I am now the team reporter for the Patriots and how long have you been with the Patriots? I've been with the Patriots since July 6th, I think. Okay. Um, so this is your first season. Almost six months. Yes. Okay. You and Mac Jones are both rookies with the Patriots this year. <laughs> no, it's it's funny that you said that because when people have been asking me, oh, how are you liking it? I've been like, you know, I feel like I'm Mac Jones. I'm a sponge. I'm taking everything in. I am learning from everyone around me and really just like absorbing as much information as I can. That That makes sense. Th- that's fantastic. And- I want to go back a little bit. So you've obviously done a number of things and you're, I would say probably it's really helpful that you've done so many different things, but from the brand partnerships to the producing, to the hosting, and it really shows in your content because you do such an incredible job of covering the team, sharing what fans want to see, but also sharing other things that we want to see, like the hot pink pants you wore and This is where you got them and what's going on in the field. And I think you just do such an incredible job of integrating all the different facets of game day that people are interested in, that it makes sense to me that you've had this background of so many different experiences and opportunities. Yeah, I think that um, if there's one thing that I've definitely learned so far going through this process and this journey in this industry is that the more you bring to the table, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been a woman that can wear many hats. If I need to help with social media, I can. If I need to help produce something, I can. If I need to help edit, I can. And so that's been really um, beneficial for me along this journey, being able to have such an extensive resume with many different skills on there. Because especially now when you know we're going through a season, a pandemic and COVID, and there's a limited amount of people allowed to go certain places Mm -hmm. when you can do multiple things I feel like it makes you more valuable and so um, I've honestly appreciated every step even though it's been a very non-traditional route I feel like in the long run it's really helped me get to where I am today I would I would definitely agree because what I see when you do your reels and all of that you edit those Yes, I do. Okay, fantastic. You do you do such a good job. I know that this podcast so far is just like a love fest, but I just obviously <laughs> because I'm having you on, I've been paying like very close attention. Um, and as someone who is a content creator, as someone who covers a team, and as someone who runs a company of women with content that is focused towards female fans, you are such a great resource for me, really, to see what you're doing 
and how I can continue to improve my own content. So uh, I've been, <laughs> Thank you. you're, you're welcome. So I've been like paying close attention and, and I think it's been fantastic. So what was an early lesson that you learned in your career that has been helpful, especially like you said, in this season, which we're still coming out of COVID, there's still limits to what we can do. So what was an early lesson you learned that's been helpful to you at this point? Ooh, I would say my biggest lesson has been as hard as it is to not compare myself to other people. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, there were some moments in my career where I would see like, other people maybe succeeding faster than I can or maybe getting a job that I wanted or um, taking a, a step faster than I did. And I think that when you do that, you can lose sight of your vision. You can lose sight of uh, your goals and plans and kind of like come become complacent and lazy or just defeated. And I feel like it's really hard to get yourself out of that pit. And so I think the less that you focus on other people and the more that you focus on yourself, it is going to be very, very beneficial because at the end of the day, there's multiple ways to get to a destination, right? Mm -hmm. Like Google Maps might give you one, Waze might give you one, Apple Maps might give you one, but ultimately all three of them can get you to that same destination, but they're all going to look different. Um, and so I think that if we can just focus on our lane and our path, I think ultimately, like, we can still reach the same things. Um, and we don't want to, you know, sell ourselves short by getting so distracted by what's happening around us. And I think that's, that's really good advice. And I think with social media, it's even more difficult because we do see people on a daily basis. And all of us, of course, fall into that tendency of saying, oh my gosh, what was, what did she do that I didn't do? What, how did she get to that point? How did he get to that point? And you're right. And, um, Comparison is the thief of joy, and you don't want to do that because it can really distract you from your own goals. Yeah, it, you're right. Social media is a, is a big factor of that. I actually say all the time, I'm like, people were so lucky to grow up without social media before because you would mm -hmm. never see when someone got engaged, promoted, um, cool opportunity, et cetera, because no one would be posting about it. But now I feel like you really have to make a conscious effort not to – get so drained by what you see on social media because at the end of the day I've known I've was just talking about this with someone earlier someone may look really really happy and their job may look really really cool but they might not be happy actually so right. don't be so quick to judge um, how successful someone is by the highlights that you see on Instagram because ultimately that's not the whole story and I think when I first got this job that was one of the first things that I posted I posted my journey to get here mm -hmm. because I didn't want anyone to think that I've gone just from job to job to job because if you looked at my Instagram you might assume that mm -hmm. but in actuality I've been unemployed twice I've taken three internships before I took a full job full-time job um, etc so I think that I think it's important to not focus so much on the things that people are posting because there are a lot of missing pieces that are not posted. That is so, so true. We all put, as you said earlier, we put the highlights up. That's what yeah. we do. So, and that's what's, that's, I think what we all do because that's what people want to see. And I think we we're getting to a place where people are being a little bit more real, a little bit more authentic and sharing some of the hardships as well. But for the most part, it's the highlights and knowing you, not you, but the universal you does that. I think can help people to remember, oh, right, they're probably doing that as well, but not yes. comparing. <laughs> the important yes. thing is that, but the not comparing because it is, yes. it is really important. If we can go back to your time at TJ Maxx, because 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. is, that's, you know, that's early to start your day. Um, 
and then to go cover high school sports at night. I'm just wondering, even those experiences at TJ Maxx, what were some things you learned there that you've been able to take into your career now? I feel like working in retail, you really get great communication skills. Like you Mm -hmm. have to talk to complete strangers all day long. Um, And I really feel like you need those same skills now as a reporter. You need to be able to talk to anyone and hold a conversation sometimes. Like it's just what we have to do. You have to be like an extrovert at all times, even if you're not. And so I think that working in a place like that, one, it's like you need to be punctual. You need to be on time because ultimately if you're not there when the store opens, how are people going to buy things? So I think (laughs) communication, punctuality, um, organization, obviously TJ Maxx is – a store that has many things available yes. to people. So if you can help make it more organi- organized, I think that um, you make the shopping experience a better place in the same way that when you're working in a fast-paced environment like sports, you need to be organized because the days are hectic. You have so many things going on. You need to be able to multitask. And I think working in retail, um, those are some skills that you pick up that you might not even realize right away that transfer over, but they do. In the same way that, you know, athletes – that some things that they pick up from playing sports, they can also take out into their real lives too if they mm-hmm. if they decide to stop playing football. So I think that um, doing that in the moment, I was like, I cannot believe I'm working at TJ Maxx post-graduation, but I definitely appreciate the things I was able to pick up during that time when I was kind of waiting for my first gig. So I'm, I want to ask you something that often we do later in the podcast, but I think this segues into it nicely. I'd love for you to take us through your days. One day during the week, let's get, it could be Wednesday, practice day, Thursday, whatever, how, whatever day, even a Tuesday, whatever you pick, and then a game day and what those two days look like and how they differ. Ooh, I love this. Um, so my typical day during the week, um, I usually wake up, I usually pray because my foundation – really is important to me in my faith. And so I think that I've noticed big differences, especially in our hectic days when I don't start my day off with the Lord. Like I've noticed, I've noticed the pace in my day, the patience in my day, like Mm -hmm. my joy, et cetera. I've noticed, noticed if it's off. And so I like to start there. Then I'm a morning workout person. I know some people are like, how are you waking up two hours early when you don't have to? But ultimately as I'll get to once I finish my daily schedule. It's like, by the end of the day, I don't want to go work out. I want to go home and get in my bed. (laughs) So um, I pray, I work out. Then I shower at the gym actually um, because I'm right around the corner from my job. And then I go to work. And usually when I come in now, I like turn on good morning football because I can get all caught up on everything with Kay Adams. She's such a great host in the morning on good morning football. Um, So I usually try to listen to that every morning and just see what's going on around the league because Ultimately, I work in sports all day. I'm not going to stay up all night watching every single game that just happened on Sunday and Monday mm-hmm. night. So it's a good way to get a recap of everything that's happening. Um, and then I start preparing my notes for our show. So every week I host Patriots Unfiltered on TV. And so I start gathering notes to preview this week's show so mm-hmm. that I'm prepared. It's like I, I say this all the time. I'm like, do we ever really stop? going to school. I feel like I'm in school right now. Um, It's like, you know, I'm watching film, I'm studying, I'm taking notes. It's like, and then ultimately I feel like my TV show is like my quiz, my test at the end of the week. Um, And so basically the first start of the week, all I'm doing every single day is preparing for our show, preparing for our interviews. Um, And then I actually go and host the show and we do it. We tape it for maybe like an hour or two. Okay. 
And then after that, I usually come back and get ready for press conferences. So there's press conferences every day of the week, whether it's head coach, assistant coaches, um, different skill players. Everyone has different availabilities, so that's why there's different media every single day. Um, And so I usually end my day with press conferences, and then I go home, cook dinner, watch Law & Order or Chicago PD, and then I go to bed. (laughs) Um, So my, it's it's very, like, um, it's very repetitive, but, like, it's my flow. It's, like, it's Mm -hmm. almost like, how do you – work all day and then relax by watching like crime shows I was like I don't know it's something about it it's just relaxing even though I feel like your adrenaline is still running so high because you're like stressed watching the show um something about it I just love it (laughs) I get I'm a true crime podcast fan and I if I'm like driving and I'm like I just want to like kind of relax and not think about stuff I put on true crime podcasts which you would think of course like you said would have the opposite effect but no it really calms me somehow. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And so that's like my typical day. And then game day um, is a little different. I have to be here probably like six hours early because uh-huh. of traffic. I live in Boston. And so okay. commuting into Foxborough, like you really have to be here super early. Um, and so I'll still wake up. The foundation is still the same. Sometimes I work out, depends on what time the game is. Um, like a one o'clock game, that's a little iffy. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, Whew, that's early. You got to be at the stadium probably by like 8.30 in the morning. So 8.30 in the morning, I'm here. So like this Sunday, we play the Jets. Um, 8.30 in the morning, I'm here. And I'm getting ready for our pregame show. And so I create all the graphics um, and help produce the content for the pregame show. Mm-hmm. And so I basically make sure that's all set up and ready to go for the show. Because ultimately, that's going two hours before the game starts. Um, and so I'm basically just making sure everything's running smoothly because at that point, all my graphics are already made, making sure it's running smoothly. But also while that's happening, I'm also doing in arena hosting. Mm-hmm. So I make sure the show gets started. Then I run and shoot like trivia and field goal kicking contests, etc. Then I'm like running back into the studio, making sure that the show is still going. Um, graphics are doing fine because, you know, as much as you can prepare for game day to be perfect, there's always hiccups, whether it's the internet's going down or maybe the computer died or maybe there's a glitch on the system. Like you always have to like prepare for the worst, essentially. Mm-hmm. Or an, an inactive you didn't you didn't see coming. Yes, yes. And so like <laughs> I'll be like sprinting back inside like, oh my God, I need to update the inactives or something that graphic that you had already pre-planned is like no longer a thing anymore because someone might be not be playing or someone is playing so it's like I feel like you're always on your toes on game day um and then game actually starts I'm usually watching in the press box taking notes for my post-game reports and post-game show so I watch the game in the press box and um I also have the game broadcast going too in my ear so I can listen to things that the reporters and announcers might be saying Mm -hmm. and I'm also listening to what's actually happening in the stadium and just taking notes throughout the entire game so that when post game comes and I'm putting together graphics for our post game show and then also preparing my report for what went right what went wrong that I have everything I need ready to go in one document so that's pretty much my like run through of game day it's kind of chaotic between pre-game post game show slash in-game responsibility slash uh, my post game report Do you want an all-star team? Well, you need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. 
Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed got you. Don't even worry about it. They can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. It is, it is a full day, and I always ask people – to go through it because, and I say this a lot on, on the podcast, I always want people to understand what it is like to work in sports. It's amazing and it can be very exciting, but it is a lot of work. It is a job and I always want people to understand that. And a joke that a lot of um, reporters and I will have on the spot is when, you know, friends will come to the game and they'll be like, so it's a one o'clock game. Could you meet for a drink at 4.30? And I'm like, no, <laughs> the game ends and like now my job begins again. Uh, but it's important. I just think it's great for people to really know that and understand that um, because it's super cool and fun, but it also is a lot of work. It is a job. Yeah, it's like the game ends and you're right. That is when my job begins because then I'm like putting together stats graphics. I'm putting together, you know, making sure the final score graphic is right, making sure that everyone's name are spelled right, the numbers are right, making sure that my like script sounds okay and looks okay and like working with a producer to get footage. And it's like literally, I feel like um, an octopus sometimes, like eight arms going different directions. Um, It's truly truly what it feels like you you honestly just it's funny you look at job applications and you see like must be able to multitask fast-paced environment and you're like isn't this common sense but it's true like you have to be able to adjust and adapt with anything yes 100 percent, 100 percent. so so far what would you say your most rewarding work experience has been and what would you say your most challenging has been oh this is so tough um <laughs> I'd say most rewarding has been being able to experience things like a Super Bowl or um, a Women's Final Four or a Frozen Four hockey experience, I feel like have been amazing because prior to getting into this industry, I had never been to big sporting events like that. Like, sure, I had been to a football game before, but like a championship, a Women's Final Four, a Women's Championship game, a bowl game. It's like those experiences and being on the sidelines of those games are so rewarding. Like there's sometimes I'll look back at footage or pictures and it gives me chills. Like I was there. Like Mm -hmm. these games that people will talk about for the next 20, 30 years, I was there um, are truly rewarding experiences, I think. And it's like a picture's worth a a thousand words. It's so true. It's like I can remember exactly where I was when Arike Agumbawale hit the game winning three to – get Notre Dame like the women's national championship it's like Mm -hmm. those moments are things that I'll never forget um and so I would say like that's the most rewarding thing it's like all the long hours it's all worth it because then you get to those games and it's like wow I can't believe I was there for that um most challenging I would say my two periods of unemployment um I think 
when you're first getting out of school, especially in um, when you're in an art major type of thing. So like fashion, music, film, television, broadcasting, reporting. I think it's very difficult to look at your friends who maybe are in business, finance, accounting, engineering, architecture, because they can go to the career fair and get a job. Right. Um, A lot of them have had jobs right after school, like immediately after they're starting a full-time job with benefits, et cetera. And then you're just like, wow, I have no leads. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, And so I think that was my first like really challenging moment. Like, am I ever going to find a job? Mm -hmm. Um, And then to have it happen again between my period of the New York Giants and um, the Mountain West Conference, I think was kind of like defeating too because it was just like, uh, my seasonal job with the Giants, my seasonal internship with the Giants ends in like one month and I don't have anything lined up. Mm-hmm. And I had been searching for months trying to make sure that I had something lined up right after that internship ended. And it, unfortunately, it didn't work out the way I had planned. But little did I know, God already had it figured out. But, you know, it's hard to be patient when you don't see anything happening. But like all along, he was working it out behind the scenes. It's like those moments of unemployment or potential unemployment were very, very, very challenging because it's like, am I going to find another job? Am I going to find something? Like I've applied to a hundred jobs and I haven't heard back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like applying to jobs is a full-time job in itself. So you're working all day, then you're trying to come home and figure something out. And then I'm like, do I have to go back to TJ Maxx? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, you know, it did work out. Um, But I think that that is the most challenging part of this industry is it's like, really hard to get in but it's also hard to stay in because it's so mm-hmm. competitive it's so competitive um and so i think that it's just super important to always be perfecting your craft i think that was something i really learned during quarantine there were so many um virtual like conferences and virtual workshops that were available to people that have never been available to people that i really took advantage of anything that i could because i was just like um, I'm not going to Photoshop. I'm going to go watch this like Photoshop beginner like video and see if I can learn some things. Or maybe I'm going to go tune into this press conference on marketing, um, not press conference, this conference on marketing and see mm-hmm. what tools and tips and tricks that they have. Because I think that the more this business continues to grow, the more we need to know. And so it's not okay to just be complacent and lazy and like basically lean on the things that we've been so used to using because as we can see like TikTok appeared out of thin air and like we didn't know how to use it mm-hmm. and so I think we just have to keep growing as the industry grows because these moments of unemployment may come I mean we've seen this with the pandemic it happened out of nowhere and so we kind of just have to be ready for what's next because you never know like when your day could come where you might need to look for a job again what is a criticism that you received early in your career that has made you better at your job today? I would say my biggest piece of criticism I received that made me better at my job today was to be more conversational. Um, I think when I first got into my career, I was so focused on my next question that I was missing out on what the person was saying. Whereas now, my producer last week was like, you're a really good listener. You do a really good job of listening and following up on what the person said. And I was like, it's funny you say that because six years ago, someone would say I didn't listen. And I was just focused on my script, focused on what I'd memorized. Whereas now it's like I almost want to 
not come with questions prepared so that I can actually listen to what they're saying and follow up and dig deeper because ultimately, just like how we're having this conversation, I need to be able to listen and just do the same thing in my interviews and pretend like the camera is not there. Do you feel you're obviously covering it and the team reporter for a a team with quite a storied history uh, that is going through a number of changes right now? Obviously, one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach ever, is coaching this team. Is there an extra sense of responsibility there, an extra sense of pressure? I don't really like the word pressure, but I can't come up with another one right now. But an extra sense of those things to be working with this particular team? Honestly, it kind of reminds me of when I worked at Notre Dame. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you're working for a brand as prominent as the Patriots or the University of Notre Dame, I think that it does come with a lot of pressure. It does come with a lot of eyeballs. It does come with a lot of sense of perfection in a way that you have to be um, 100% every single day. Mm -hmm. And I think that I thrive under pressure and challenge, so I like that. but I think it does like keep me on my toes for sure and, and make sure that I, that I take the time to study and prepare every single day because it's like if Bill Belichick is going to have these guys coming to work and putting in 100% and doing their job and doing their part, it's like I need to do the same thing. So um, I think that being in these situations and working for these brands make you a better person uh, and make you better at your job when you're working for a great organization like this. Was there anything when you first, the first time you ever had to interview Bill Belichick, whether it was in a one-on-one or a press conference, was there a moment of, wow, that's Bill Belichick, or did you just, you know, dive right in? I have not had the opportunity to interview him yet, but I have been in like multiple press conferences. press conferences, yeah. Yes, and I'm like learning a lot as the weeks Mm -hmm. go by, Um, kind of just like, if you're going to come to him with a question, you need to like come with a really good question. Like don't mm-hmm. give him like a, a 50% question or a common sense question. Like it actually needs to be a good question because his time is very valuable and you need to take advantage of it. When uh, Kyle Shanahan became the coach of the 49ers and I had been covering the team for about, I guess it was a year before he got there. Um, and I remember his first press conference and just listening to him. And I was like, wow, I'm going to learn so much because this guy really, he knows football. I thought I knew football. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he really knows football. And and it, it's great because it does help you to level up. And you do want to have really good questions when you're talking to someone that you have so much respect for and who can, you know, who can teach you so much about the game and just about you know, reporting and everything in your day-to-day work. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I feel like it makes you show up and like bring your A game essentially because at the end of the day, it's like you want to respect his time and you also mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're asking a question that's going to produce great product. Like you have Bill Belichick in front of you, you have, you know, Mac Jones in front of you, you have this great like athlete, coach, et cetera, in front of you. Like you want to make the most out of it. So don't come basically, um, with 50% come with like a full 100% ready to go. What is a misstep you're see women you're seeing women make when breaking into the sports industry? I think kind of similar to comparison, I think trying to be someone that they're not. Um, there's only one Sam Ponder, there's only one Maria Taylor, there's only one Doris Burke. Um, and as much as we admire what they do, I think each one of them has their own unique 
craft, their own unique skill, their own unique like thing that they bring to the table, their own gift. And I think that if we try to come into this industry and mimic that, mm-hmm. I think we're going to lose sight of our natural ability. So I think it's so important that we figure out what our thing is, what our personality is, what our traits are, so that we can bring those to the table every single day versus trying to emulate something that we're not. Um, Because it's so great to have those mentors and those people that you admire and those people that you look up to, but don't be so focused on that that you miss something really great inside of you that you're just not using yet. How have you seen in your time thus far opportunities grow for women in sports and and how do you think we can still improve? I think that when I first got into this industry, I don't think I saw many, if any, women coaching on the sidelines for football and basketball. But now we can look on the sidelines and see so many women in rooms where decisions are being made that is it is amazing that it's like we're almost at all the NFL teams having some sort of women in a coaching position, not all of them. And so now I would love to see like hopefully by, you know, 2022, 2023, that every team would have that representation in every single pro sport. That would be amazing if we can start seeing that, especially in like the baseball spaces, um, the NBA, um, and even like in the rest of the NFL teams. We've seen a lot of growth, but I think that there's still – some room to go, but I'm, I'm definitely proud of the progress that we've made in making sure that women just aren't in reporting positions, but that they're actually in rooms where decisions are being made and that they have a voice in these rooms where decisions are being made. This is kind of a funny question. And I actually don't think I've ever asked it, but I'm compelled to. Um, so <laughs> where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? If you could map out exactly where you'd be, what are, what is the ultimate goal? Or conversely, do you not know yet, which is okay too? Ooh, so it's funny you asked this question. So when I was in school, I was like, I would love to work at the ACC network if we ever got a network like the SEC. Mm-hmm. Literally six years later, we now have an ACC network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like, wow, did I just speak this into existence? Or how long were they working on this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I would love to go back and work for the conference that like my school played in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the ACC, like love watching all the teams. Um, and I think that a goal of mine is, is to be a sideline reporter, college sideline reporter in the ACC. Um, Cause I really love college sports so much. I feel like my heart resides there. I love that. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. I guess along with that question, I'll ask on the converse side, because we talk about this a lot on this podcast, is the importance, and I think it's shown through your career that you have been, just the importance of being open to opportunities and that we do want to be focused on our goals, but we don't want to miss something that might come our way as a result. Yeah, we we definitely don't want to be so focused on our, our goals that we do turn down opportunities that may not look like what we had planned. Um, because I, I've definitely seen people do that where they're like, that's not the title I wanted next, or uh, I really didn't want to live there. And I feel like the biggest piece of advice I can tell anyone is it's like, you're not going to be able to be as picky on location when you first get started. Like Mm -hmm. I moved from Virginia to Colorado, to New York, to Colorado, to Miami, and now I'm in Boston. And unfortunately I had to move 
across the country multiple times to get to where I am today. I wasn't able to just be like, oh, I want to move back home after graduation and get a job there. I actually had someone ask me that on a panel before. They were like, I really want to get a job at a TV station in Richmond, Virginia. Um, how do I go about doing that? It's like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you have to be a little bit more open-minded when you're looking at jobs. You have to be kind of willing to take the risk and move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um to get the reps and, and the experience that you need so that you ultimately can get back to that goal. That makes a lot of sense. And that's very good advice. That's that's good advice to, to give somebody. I was going to ask you the number one piece of advice you'd give to someone uh, starting a career in your industry. And I think perhaps you just gave it. Yeah, I think <laughs> one for sure is definitely going to be to be able to take the risk of moving somewhere that you may not know a single person um, because when people look at your resume and they see that you've moved that much, they'll be like, this girl is willing to do whatever it takes to get to get what she wants or get what mm-hmm. he wants. Um, you're a risk taker because you're moving around like this and you're trying to chase different jobs and opportunities to get the experience that you need. And then two, I would say to trust the process. It sounds very cliche and people say that all the time and it's so repetitive. It's a broken record, but trusting the process got me to where I am right now. Like five years ago, I would never have thought that I'd be sitting where I am right now. And I'm glad that I didn't give up. I'm glad that I trusted the process. I'm glad that I trusted the random jobs that I took going from a postgraduate intern to a seasonal intern to a host and a producer to brand partnership content producer to team reporter for the Patriots. I think when you're looking at them like each individual job, you're like, where where is this going? But ultimately, it all made sense. It's like I was basically picking up different pieces and different skills at every stop that equaled where I am now, essentially. It's kind of weird. It, it was a weird formula, but it all worked out. Well, and some cliches are cliches for a reason, and they make sense. And I do think trust the process is certainly one of them. Um, Sorry, I feel like you were about to say something. Yeah, I think it's so funny. I've, I've heard in a sermon I was watching, we all want microwave miracles. We want oh, I like that, microwave miracles. Now, we want yeah. microwave miracles. We want to just like put in our dream, hit start, and be there. And ultimately, that's not how it works. We have to cook things the conventional way. Mm-hmm. We have to preheat the oven first, wait for it to heat up, then put it in there, put the timer on, wait for it to cook. You get my point. It's like it takes a little longer. We can't put everything in the microwave. Um, some things like take longer. It's like, what's that quote everyone uses? Diamonds are made underneath pressure. Like mm-hmm. it's so true. It's like you ultimately have to take those things, those cliches and like trust them and like like rest in them and know that, okay, these, these quotes, they exist because they're true and they, they really are. Fantastic. Tamara, this has been great. Um, I've just loved hearing about your journey and, and the way that you prepare every day. It's really been fabulous. So I I thank you very much for joining me. Uh, but I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts. Uh, and I think everybody that listens to this podcast knows by now, this is something I started doing with the 49ers players where they'll share five fun things about themselves that you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everybody the same questions every week. And it's pretty fun because no pun intended, uh, because we get all these different answers. So without further ado, five fun facts with Tamara Brown. What is your favorite moment in sports? My favorite moment in sports. 
is when Notre Dame women's basketball won the national championship. Seeing Arike Ogumbawale hit not one buzzer beater, but two buzzer beaters in the final four to win was insane. First of all, UConn. Beating UConn was huge, but Mississippi State too, I, I, it was just I'm speechless. It, it was it was crazy. I still have the magazine actually at home where it says ice twice because truly she was cold blooded to just hit that three pointer in both games to seal the win for Notre Dame. It was truly remarkable to see them bring home the title to South Bend. That is that is awesome. What is your life motto? My life motto is actually a Bible verse, um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is something that I I constantly say to myself when I'm like, okay, I have no idea what's happening. I I can't see where where things are going. I'm like, he knows the plans that he has for me. These are to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future. And so I think that that is something that keeps me grounded every single day where it's like, I don't know the plans for myself, but he knows the plans for myself every single day. So I can just get up and walk with confidence knowing that I don't have to have it all figured out because he does. What is your go-to workout? Go-to workout is F45, functional 45 workouts. I love them. You get in, you get out, and you burn so many calories. I don't know about you, but I am someone that does not like to spend two hours in the gym. I like to be in and out, and I like it to be productive, and it is exactly that. Go-to coffee order. Go-to coffee order. Oh, my God. I love this. Um, (laughs) Call me crazy, but I can drink an iced coffee any time of the year, even when it's 10 degrees outside and snowing. I will order an iced coffee with almond milk and vanilla. That actually sounds delicious. And a (laughs) a book every woman should read. Oh, I love this. Um, I actually read this during quarantine. It's called Girl, Wash Your Face. Um, It's it's a a really phenomenal book, um, and I feel like it – focuses on not being so caught up in in your mistakes in your past in your shortcomings and like it says in the title wash your face get over it keep mo- keep moving keep pushing and i think that um i've never really read like self-help books before that point but Mm -hmm. that was one that I was like I'm keeping this on my bookshelf and when I'm having a bad day I'm gonna go read it and get the motivation and the push I need to wash my face and keep moving I love it I absolutely love it thank you so much for joining me today this was just fantastic thank you so much for having me on your podcast Absolutely. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.